Hello, welcome back to the Cheese Sticks and Seven Level Podcast. My name is Dylan Callan Crowley, and as always, I'm joined today by the great Austin Mancini. We return with good news today, some bad news, uh, but good news overall. And I, uh, it's been a while since we last spoke to you guys, so we're going to dive right into this, uh, starting with the NHL's return to play. And with the NHL's return to play, Austin, we have the basic format and pretty much basic details out there. I'm sure some things will change, some things will be added. But in the basics, 24 teams in the NHL will return to play. I mean, seven teams are uh, not going to be playing once the season resumes. I'm assuming it was late July uh, or early August. But uh, 24 teams, uh, 12 each conference. The top four teams in each conference will have a round-robin type tournament to decide top four seeds in the both in two conferences, of course, the Flyers are one of those four teams in the Eastern Conference thanks to their uh, hot play before uh, the shutdown happened. Uh, the other eight teams in each conference will take place uh, or take part in a qualifying round, a best-of-five format. And then each round after that, the NHL has changed up their usual playoff format and will be having the highest seed remaining versus lowest seed remaining with seven-game series. Um so not too many differences once we get to the uh, first and second round of the playoffs, Austin. But uh, for the basic format, what are your uh, thoughts with the NHL return to play? So I was at first worried that this format they were going to do, I remember you know, they were saying just jump right into the playoffs. I was worried because of the Flyers having a bye that they wouldn't have time to get back into game shape. But now that they have that, um round robin tournament you know to kind of to figure out the seating that makes me a little more comfortable going okay they're gonna at least play a team before the round you know that really matters um yeah i agree and i know and i know that the tampa bay lightning probably are pretty happy that um each round is the is a reseeding highest versus lowest right no they 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 have to be uh (laughs) because <laughs> for some reason the the team you know they i don't know why they can't do it but they just lose every every time yeah and uh what well, i'm actually looking at the, the basically the proposed uh 2014 playoff as it stands right now and in the eastern conference obviously the flyers uh uh would normally be that uh four seed uh if we we're going off the standings as they are um as of right now with them of course is boston tampa and washington um, but you look at the Eastern Conference uh, side of it with the playoff rounds, and there, there's going to be some interesting matchups here for the Flyers, uh, but overall, there's not one team in that playoff round except maybe Pittsburgh that I'm, I would be scared to play. Yeah, and of course, I think the team that we probably would play is Pittsburgh. Yeah. And that's just how it's going to line up. Now, the Flyers showed this year they can, you know, they can take Pittsburgh. It's probably their most competitive matchup. But if if you were to show me, hey, the Flyers are going to play Pittsburgh, I'd still be kind of confident that they could take that series. Um, I think the main issue would be is I know they shut down Crosby to an extent the second time they played them. And that was key. So I think 
if they can, you know, let's just, you know, if I'm assuming that they play Pittsburgh, if they can shut him down, then I think they're in good shape. But yeah, I, agree. I know a lot of, a lot of the, um, analysts and experts think that the younger teams are actually in better shape. Do you see that as an advantage or do you think do you think it's not going to make that much of a difference? That's a that's a good point. Uh, like yeah, I think being the younger teams being in better shape, obviously younger guys are going to have a little bit more energy, a little bit more stamina than most of the older guys, but at the same time uh, because in a way this is going to be almost a uh, at least in the beginning, uh, kind of a shootout type thing where everybody's jumping right into it, and it's yeah. going to be, uh, I don't want to say a lot of games in a short period of time because they're going to have to obviously spread them out as they normally would be. Mm-hmm. But jumping right back into it, everybody's going to be going full uh, speed ahead because they want to obviously make the playoffs or if you're one of the top four teams get that number one seed so at that point i'd almost think the more experienced players would have the advantage just because they've been in that playoff uh well sorry yeah i was just gonna say the other thing too is it's almost a recharge for the older players too you know like this is this was i mean even like to benefit the flyers Matt Niskanen, you know, uh, uh, some people started to see, like, okay, he might be slowing down a little. We might need to limit his minutes a little bit. Well, this could, this is, I guess, the best thing that could have happened for Matt Niskanen and the Flyers is, hey, you get some time off. Now, he won't be, you know, in the shape he was when he was, you know, midseason, but a guy like that who's, what, 35, 36 yeah. or so, like, the old, a lot older, he he's going to benefit from this a lot. I feel agree. I mean, if you look at it, uh, we shut down second week of March, uh, and the uh, NHL is allowing uh, teams to start opening facilities uh, tomorrow or probably when this goes up on Monday, uh, June 8th. Uh, But minus like two weeks, this has basically been an entire offseason since players last played. So, yeah, there's going to be – uh, a lot of people who are recharged, a lot of people got healthy over this time. So, yeah, this is the same thing with the NBA. This is basically two brand-new whole seasons. Uh, yeah. So, with that being said, you know, before the season starts, or the, I guess the playoffs starts, how how do you think the Flyers fare? I know before we see matchups, yeah. but where how do you think they do I mean, going into this thing? I mean... Obviously, I think we're going to learn a lot in those first uh, three games against Boston, Tampa, and Washington. Because heading into the uh, shutdown, I mean, we all know the Flyers are red hot. They were probably the hottest team in the league when you consider who they played. I mean, they played Boston, Tampa, and Washington all before that shutdown, and and they were dominating for the most part against those teams. Uh, Yeah. I'm worried, though that with the shutdown obviously they've lost all that momentum is is this the type of team that can just turn it on in a snap or is it going to take them uh a little bit here to uh kind of get it going and that's and i was that's what i was going to bring up that's what worries me is they were so hot oh yeah they, they, they were incredibly hot. 
it was it was a fire extinguisher type of um release i'm like and i think and i think it's good that these their first couple games you know to get back into and round robin the best thing that for them is to play those teams like you were saying because they are the cream of the crop they are the top teams in the east so if you want to get in shape and be ready for that tournament these are the teams you want to be going against you know i wouldn't want to be any of the teams that are you know just in the tournament i want to i'd rather see them play and yeah they could let's say they you know become the third seed you know out of that round robin tournament well, now they're going against lower comp, like they're still going to go against low-ish yeah. comp, you know, lower competition, yeah, it, it, and come back and play those other teams. I mean, I'm just if they end up the third seed, they, they face either Carolina, Carolina, or the Rangers, which would be, I, and I would be fine with yeah. that. I like a lot of people. I I see like people are hot on the Rangers for some reason, and I don't know why. You know, Lundqvist isn't. Lundquist and you know that's a very young team I don't think and I know the Fly- the Flyers aren't a veteran team at all but that team literally just got caca actually you know it, uh, actually I just thought they, they actually wouldn't face uh, possibly the Rangers no. because uh well it depends obviously where they end up in the seating because the first round sure. of the playoffs they go they receive the thing from highest to lowest so um uh, who knows who they'll actually play, but I mean, but the whole point, yeah. yeah, is they they will warm up against the best of the best. First round, at least, they will play a lower ish seed, and it'll I think it'll benefit them a lot. I'm just worried that because of they were so hot that um, it might have extinguished what we were hoping is a Stanley Cup run. Well, yeah, and I think if the season would have continued, I mean, we we would be what in the heart of the Stanley Cup finals right now not the Flyers necessarily yeah. but at, but right. hockey as a whole would be in the heart of the Stanley Cup finals right now and I think the Flyers would have had a great chance to make a run there uh before we move on to NBA um to finish up your uh question about how I feel about the Flyers going into this I think I feel good if if they can get past the uh um having to restart here, start their engines again, uh, per se. I think there's a chance they do really well. Um, and I think Bravada Sportsbook uh, also thinks that as well. Uh, according to the Bravada Sportsbook website, the Flyers have the seventh, I mean, fifth best Stanley Cup odds at 12-1, to 1, only behind the Bruins, Lightning, Avalanche. Uh, and I forgot to write down the actual fourth one here, but either way, the Flyers have the uh, fifth best Stanley Cup odds, uh, according to Bavada. So I, I like the odds. Um, it's just going to be about how uh, they can get restarted here. Yeah, and and that's that's just my biggest concern is how how a restart like this is going to affect them. Um, you know, there is no learning curve really anymore with uh, Elaine Vigneault's system. So I'm not worried about that. I'm just worried. You know, it's more of the oh hey they were so hot that can they do it again yep but like you said um the nba is moving forward to returning their season would 
is hoping to resume July 31st, and they would play through August 12th. 22 teams would be involved in the East. That would be the Bucks, Raptors, Celtics, Heat, Pacers, Sixers, Nets, Magic, and Wizards. And in the West, you have the Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets, Jazz, Thunder, Rockets, Mavericks, Grizzlies, Blazers, Pelicans, Kings, Spurs, and Suns. Um, just even before going into what they, you know, what their plan is for that sure. tournament, my just initial thoughts going into this is I, I, I'm just not confident. I'm going to be honest. I am not confident um, with this Sixers team. I hate to be that guy, but like every time I think of the NBA right now, I'm thinking that Jimmy Butler team last year was so much better. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm. I I don't know where I said confidence wise because nothing that we saw uh, before everything happened uh, told us that this team was going to make any type of run in the playoffs or have a shot at winning the title. Just because the difference between them being on the road and them being at home is just night and day. They lack consistency, uh, and when people needed to step up. Nobody was stepping up. Uh, that being said, at the same time, kind of opposite of the Flyers, the Sixers had like little momentum. I think heading into the break there. Right. Um, so while this hurt the Flyers, I think this could possibly help the Sixers. Everybody gets fully healthy, obviously, uh, which would be a, a start. But it also took away momentum from. Some of the really good teams in the East, uh, like the Bucks, and ever, like the NHL, everybody's gonna have to restart their engines, and I think the NBA may be a little bit easier to do that in. Uh, but uh, I feel like this actually can help the Sixers, but in terms of making any type of realistic run, I just don't see it happening. Like you said, just because uh, there's pretty much just too many question marks regarding this team. Yeah, and and. I, I honestly didn't even think about the restart when it came to the Sixers, and I think it does benefit them. And we were ta- we were talking before we started recording about their home and road splits, and you know, for as good as they were, you know, at home, obviously this is going to impact, you know, because they don't have the home crowd. But at the same time, it's going to affect their away record because the other team doesn't have the home crowd either. So I don't know how much, you know, I, I, I think the neutral ground could, you know, help them with the away games. But, like, yeah, like we just said, I they've shown me nothing all year that has made me go, this team can make a run. And I know Brett has said they're built for the playoffs. But when you spend a hundred and some million on, like, Al, Al Horford, you know, you haven't shown me you can make him work in this system. So what's going to make me believe that the playoffs is going to be different? Yeah, I agree. And, uh, I mean, go back to split for a second. Uh, for those who don't know, Sixers this year uh, were 29-2 at home and 10-24 and on the road. So uh, a 19-ish, 20-game-ish difference between – their uh, home and away records. Um, but uh, can you say one more time what you said right there at the end? Yeah, I just, be, because I, you know, for example, Brett Brown, you know, said um, 
they're built for the playoffs. Yeah. They haven't shown me even that that's a case because they spent $120 million on a guy like Al Horford, and they literally could not find a way to make him and Embiid fit the entire year. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's exactly uh, one of my big issues. Uh, I mean, there's nothing that tells me like Al Horford's going to magically become this player the Sixers expect him to be when they signed him last offseason. But, uh, I mean, miracles have happened before. Uh I mean, again, Ben Simmons back healthy here is going to definitely be a big help for the Sixers. Uh, but we'll have to see what happens. But let's get into the uh, formatting and everything that's going to be going on. So, to begin, when we come back, when the NBA comes back at the end of July, right now the target date is July 31st, each of the uh, teams, 22 teams come back, are going to have eight regular season games remain uh, remaining. Uh, which was obviously picked from each team's remaining games, and those team games will be against uh, the other 22 teams in uh, 21 teams in the playoffs, or uh, coming back, I should say. All these games, of course, are going to be neutral site, I believe, in Orlando. Uh, but for the 76ers, uh, their last eight regular season games before we get into the playoffs would be the Pacers. Wizards, Raptors, Suns, Blazers, Rockets, Wizards, and Magic. So, if, if and let's just throw out everything we know. Uh, the Sixers struggled with this past season. On paper, the Sixers, at worst, should go six and two through this stretch. No. Um. Is Victor Aldipo's back? Right. Uh. That's a good question. Let me look that up. Cause he killed them when he when he played. I know he was it a torn ACL. Yeah. Yeah. So, cause that might help the Pacers, honestly, if if he's back. Um. But besides that, you, they should beat the Wizards. They should beat the Suns. They Blazers they should beat. Yeah. And as much as I want to say they should beat the Magic, they for whatever reason can't like they struggle against them. Yeah. They might they'll probably win it, but against them, but they for whatever reason they struggle and that game is closer than it should be. Yep. So yeah, I, I agree. I don't know, like you know, like I said, I don't know if uh, Victor Aldipo is healthy or not, but that could be a tough game. So six and two or five and five and three. Uh, yeah, I think is what they should go. I think six and two is what they need at least. I mean that allows them to get to that like four seed, uh, and I guess between the four and five seed won't change much because you're gonna face the same team, uh, but. Uh, all I know is they can't really stay at where they are in the sixth seed because a first-round matchup with Boston isn't going to help them at all. Um, but once those eight games against uh, in the regular season finish up, uh, the NBA will just go back into their normal uh, playoff uh, routine. The only difference being um, in each conference, if the uh, ninth seed is within four games of the eighth seed, there will be a... Uh, play in tournament between those two game teams, um, but if the eight seed has a four 
game leader more, uh, then uh, there will be uh, no play in tournament. Uh, so that's really the only change. Uh, but uh, so overall, you and me both think I would say that the Sixers uh, probably can win a round here in the playoffs, but probably don't get further than the second. Yeah, my prediction is they get to the second, and well, if they play Miami, they might lose first round. That, that's possible to you. Um, but the farthest that happens is they get to the second round, lose, and Brett gets fired. Yeah, I fully agree. I think that's probably, uh, unfortunately for Brett, probably the most realist. Well, I don't know if they fail to get the second round, because I think if they even get to the second round and they fail there, that Brett may get fired still. I mean, does, does Elton get fired? I don't think so. Um, I was just thinking because, you know, I don't know. I think I he just... needs to be on a uh, hot seat going into next year. Uh, right. But um, I don't think he gets fired per se this year. Uh, but the NBA is looking, again, to start on July 31st, so about a month and two and a half, three weeks from now. And then um, they'll play through October 12th. The NBA draft happens just a couple days later, I believe, around October 15th, I think they said, or something like that. Uh, and a couple days after that, free agency would probably begin. Uh, all this is, you know, of course, tentative on the schedule. Uh, I think the schedule is likely to change, whether it gets moved up a couple days or moved back a couple days. Uh, but I think that I read the target date for next season is December 1st, and my only question with next season, I think, is are they going to play a full 82-game schedule? Are we going to have an abbreviated schedule? Uh, so, still a lot to figure out uh, going forward, but overall, uh, any last thoughts on the NBA return to play? Um, just in general, not even just the NBA, I think this is going to... I We could see maybe a schedule change in all of the sport. You know, like... Some of the sports might overlap with each other. Like, for example, the NFL, you know, September to, you know, January or whatever it usually does. The NBA could start in December or November and then go on. And then hockey, you know, go from a certain point to. Like, I think they. It could create a shift where each sport for a couple months has its own. Or even just a month has its own little time where that's the only sport available. Yeah, I wouldn't rule it and out. And to an extent, it could help it. Yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't rule it out at all. And uh, talking about scheduling change actually is perfect for leading into our next topic, which of course is the, uh, for me, one of the more depressing ones because uh, as a huge baseball fan, I uh, live and breathe baseball when it's baseball season. Unfortunately, Austin, um, I think you agree with me. Uh, I, I don't see baseball returning this year. Yeah, there's just clearly too many issues. Issues, yeah, with the owners and the players right now, which I didn't see coming. And then all the, you know, once they said we want to make changes to salaries and reduce them and all that, 
who you know a guy a guy like Bryce Harper yeah. who's making twenty five mil? Why would he say yeah I will I will do it for under you know what he's gonna go he would go a, a little under ten ten mil now it was I, somewhere between like it. six and nine I think yeah and I get it like my I know a couple of people who you know have said to me well they're getting paid that much to play baseball yeah you know it's absurd and I get it I get it. But I mean, that's, that's yeah, the economics I mean, of sports. Me right and uh, my girlfriend's dad were talking about this a couple days ago. Um, I mean, yeah, for Bryce Harper, twenty like he's already made a ton of money in his lifetime. With that, that he yeah, that he, he has enough money to last his lifetime and last his family generations. That being said, if if I'm going from making twenty five mil to like on six, six let's say let's just go seven because I, i'm not sure what exactly stands i just know it's in that six to nine range uh seven i'm losing 18 million dollars that's a lot of money yeah. Yeah, i mean and i know this is this, the their the owners are trying to do this, so the players who don't make millions of dollars aren't feeling the effects uh of that they would be right. feeling but it's like I don't blame the players one bit uh, for uh, being angry with this, and uh, I mean they're trying to come to uh, a middle ground here with the owners, and it seems like the owners just wanted their way or the highway. I mean, um, the players this past week proposed a 114 game schedule with an expanded playoff, and the owners flat out said no. And didn't even come to the table with a counter offer, and now want to propose a potential fifty-game schedule. I mean, if you're gonna have a fifty-game schedule in baseball, in Major League Baseball, I don't, I don't think it, at that point it's worth having a season. Baseball. Why wouldn't you then go middle ground and go eighty games, eighty-two? Games? Because I, I think, see, it's weird because the players, usually players would be against like having so many games consecutively or double sure. headers. Um, but I think the players right now truly, really want to get back to playing baseball. They've all been pretty much stuck at home, like all the, all of us for the last three months. And while they are obviously not being lazy, like I am, and they're working out and doing everything they have to do to stay in shape and yeah. stay game ready, or at least training camp ready. Um, the owners just refuse to make any little, uh, concession for them i mean uh it sounds like the biggest problem is the owners don't want the season going past november including the playoffs and i i guess and and that makes sense though it does specifically for scheduling because i i don't know you did you play fall ball at all growing up Yeah. yeah you know even using an aluminum bat on that ball it stung, and that was what October. Yeah, October, September, October. So, yeah. So I, like, I get not even not gonna want to go to November because let's say November, I know it didn't this year, but let's say it snows. You have a game. You know that snow could last how many days? The field conditions are terrible. Like, it, there are too many things that are unpredictable when it comes to. November, December, January, etc. I just 
they I think they need to go maybe 80 games. Like if they want to meet a middle ground, yeah, I, 80 games is I think 80 games is uh uh I think 80 games, 82 games whatever in there is probably the best case scenario at this point. But if you're going to just play 50 games, I don't think it's even worth having a season. No. Uh, Because as as we learned in last year, uh, even 80 games isn't enough to tell if a team is a good team or a championship contender unless you get off to a really hot start. Because the Nationals last year were what, like nineteen and like thirty eight or somewhere in that range. They they were horrible. Yeah, they were the, they were terrible before in the beginning. June or middle of June. And ironically, the the Phillies were the other way. Exactly, and then so like even eighty two games, uh, it would be hard to say that uh, who's actually good or not. Uh, I mean, if we're going based off the Phillies, eighty two games may help them because the first eighty to a hundred games the last couple of seasons, they've been fine. And then after that, they decide to collapse. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's not only us, obviously, who thinks uh, baseball isn't returning. i talked to a lot of my friends, uh, fellow writers, stuff like that. Nobody I've really talked to thinks uh, baseball is really returning. Those who do think there will be an agreement to come uh, just because uh, there is so much to lose for both sides. Uh, but I, and uh, I know ESPN's Tim Kajerk and, and uh, Buster Olney have both said that they think at this point there won't be a season. Um, I, it's it's unfortunate. It's slightly uh, depressing. When the problem, yeah, and the problem is, is the longer this takes for them to come to an agreement, the more likely it's not going to happen. Because let's say they decide, you know, like it's still July and they yeah. still haven't agreed. Okay, well, then you have – it would then take until August to start. Yep. Then it's September, October, November. You have three months. You have like four months. I mean, the original which, proposed date of return when things weren't as bad was July 4th. And there, there's no way at this point that you're going to get mm-hmm. to July 4th. No. I'm, I mean, at best, if a, an agreement magically came this week or next week – Maybe you could start the set like July twentieth, but even that's pushing. Yeah. I mean, pitchers yep. have to stretch their arms again. I mean, it's it's crazy. And like th- this, really, like outside of pitchers, I think position players would be able to get back in the game ready pretty easily. But pitchers have been off for three months, uh, and while you can do stuff at home, uh, there's nothing, nothing much they can do compared to what they can do in spring training. So, um, yeah, I don't think baseball is happening. But if it magically does happen, we do know two things. Uh, the first thing is if MLB returns, there are going to be three divisions, East, Central, and West. Um, and the East of – so basically what they're doing is uh, each division from – so the AL East and the NL East will combine into one division, AL Central, NL Central, one division – so if baseball does return, the Phillies are going to be having to play the Red Sox, Yankees, Tampa Bay, Toronto, and Baltimore uh, on top of Miami, New York, Washington, and Atlanta. Uh, That's going to suck. That would suck. Uh, yeah, I think the Phillies would be 
uh, decent this year. But, I mean, uh, Yankees and Tampa Bay in a full regular season are probably going to both be over 90 wins. Um, Toronto, I mean, the Red Sox could be good or bad any given year. Uh, Toronto and Baltimore, sure, they're probably not going to be good. Uh, but then, but the Mets are going to probably be a pretty decent team. And then Washington and the and Nationals. Yeah, yeah, Washington and Atlanta are both going to be uh, very good again this year. So that's a tough division. So even if the Phillies and baseball does return, uh, I don't know if the Phillies are going to be a playoff team. No, based on even just looking at it, they are out of there's what how many teams? Ten, eight, uh, eight, yeah, ten, or yeah, eight. eight yeah. They're fifth, maybe they come in fifth no. in the division. Uh, no, there's ten, te- ten teams, ten teams, yeah. Okay, so out of ten, you probably come fifth. They'd come in fifth, yeah. Fifth. I mean, I I think that I think they're better than Miami, Baltimore, and Toronto. So that gives you that gets you to six. And then, and yet, didn't we get killed by Miami last year? We did. Like we couldn't. Be, yeah, which is, I don't even. Know. And I think it would be the top four teams from each division get into the playoffs or something like that. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it would, it would basically be come down to I think uh, a combination of the Phillies, the Red Sox, and uh, probably the Mets. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I would say that because you got to consider the Yankees, Atlanta, and Washington are all probably locks. Almost locks. So yeah. it'd be Tampa Bay, New York, uh, Boston, and the Phillies coming down for that final seed, uh, which I don't see the Phillies winning that. And then the uh, second thing that we know is that all home games, or I should say all games, will be played at the home team's respective ballparks. And the only team that could have an issue with that is Toronto, and that's due to Canada's uh, current coronavirus restrictions. Uh, But, yeah, overall, I just... I I was really looking forward to at least some baseball this summer. At this point, I've kind of forgotten all about baseball and... uh, I'm ready to move on to football season. Uh, I, I mean, I'm looking forward to basketball and hockey returning. But uh, at this point, I'm gearing up for college football and the NFL. Yeah, I'm I'm gearing. I want to watch the Premier League, obviously. Um, I want to see how that ends. Obviously, Liverpool kind of has it locked up. But now that Chelsea is going to get Timo Werner, it's it's making me want to watch soccer again. Um yeah, I mean, and then football, football. Everything I've seen about Miles this off season has made me so excited to see this happen. Yeah, I, I think Miles is in for a, a huge, absolute huge season. the The dude's always been a hard worker since uh, coming out of high school, and uh, I mean, it. It's not. I know people are probably tired of hearing this. But it's not easy being the backup to Saquon. Saquon for two years when you arguably could have been at probably the starting running back at 90 to 95% of any other college football program in the country. Uh, but it fuels them. It fuels them, yeah, you exactly. Know, and 
and it's still fueling him. You know, he knows he's he's oh, you were Saquon's backup, and I think he's going to keep using that as as fuel to prove that. And he has come out and said he wants to be better than McCaffrey. Yeah, and I, I don't know if I. McCaffrey's just so damn good. I think. <laughs> I was gonna say. I, I, I think I respect it. I don't know if that'll actually happen. I think McCaffrey's probably like in my mind, it's Saquon and McCaffrey right now as the top two running yep. backs in the league, in terms of yeah. all around yeah. running backs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zeke may be the best pure runner, uh, but I think all around, uh, it's Saquon and McCaffrey. But I think there's no reason that Miles can't be a top. Uh, eight top 10 running back this year no no if they use him correctly and he showed he can catch passes that was a big concern last year um and if he shows he can i know at the end of the year he he had some i'm not going to say he's injury prone but he did you know he exited a couple times yeah at the you know and then came back uh so that's a little it's not a red flag i'll go yellow i guess but if he can just stay like healthy and like stay in games like that and get 15 touches a game, you know, 12 to 15, I will, and he dominates, I will be so happy. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, and I, I, I don't see there's any reason he shouldn't have, uh, I don't want to call it a breakout season because the dude had a pretty ridiculous season for somebody yeah, who, at the end he, of this, yeah. he really started off slow too, which I think helped field him because they wanted to make him the guy pretty early last season, but he obviously just wasn't wasn't, ready. wasn't there yet. But once he got to that mid-season mark, or even week four-ish, week five-ish, he, he, I think he really started to come into his own. And uh, after that, it was full speed ahead. So, yeah, I'm really excited for football season. Fans or no fans, um, I'm just ready for football already. I know it's still a while till we're going to get there. Uh, Hopefully uh, they can start getting to uh, maybe some OTAs or training camp uh, starting next, late this month, early next month, and uh, we'll go from there. But I think we'll wrap it up here, and we'll be back at it hopefully soon. Hopefully we don't have as long as a stretch between episodes. Uh, but as we before we sign off here, uh, please remember to. Uh, Subscribe to the podcast on whatever uh, you're listening to it on. Be sure to give it a five-star rating on Apple uh, Podcast Reviews so we can um, grow our audience and other Philadelphia sports fans can learn about our our audience. Uh, Feel free to interact with us on Twitter at in the 700s. And anything else that, Austin? No, I got nothing. I'm I'm just – I'm glad, you know, we moved to yellow – uh, full uh, phase here in Pennsylvania. I've, I've been able to go play, you know, a little basketball. I, I actually went in the pool for the first time uh, at my friend's house. So I'm, I'm ready for things to open up. I know, you know, there's some, uh, you know, might, we might go back. I personally feel, but that's a whole different topic yeah. for a different day. But um, no, that's all. I'm just glad I'm able to go outside right now. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's nice to get back a little bit to uh, normal. Obviously, we still have a long way to go. I don't think we're going to get back to truly normal for a few years because I think even because once even of course once a 
vaccine comes out, it's going to take a while for everybody to get it. So I think people are always going to, unless we do see a strong diminishing cases in the, for, in the future, I think there's always going to be a little bit of fear that's going to take us maybe uh, a year or two more to get back to true normal. But I think uh, it's nice just to get outside. And yep. yeah, so uh, as you said, leave a review, subscribe, do what you have to do, uh, follow us on Twitter, and we'll be back soon. Thanks for listening, everybody.